This is day 65 of our daily Bible reading. We'll be completing 2 Kings chapters 8 through 12. Lord Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for giving us the time and the effort to make sure that we know you properly, Lord. That we spend time in your word as you want us to know you and how you have chosen to reveal yourself. Please bless this time as we enter into your word, that we may come to know you better and experience your nature and your love and who you are so intimately today. May it affect us as we go about our business today, that we would carry you with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, and go with your household, and sojourn wherever you can sojourn. For the Lord has called for a famine, and it will even come on the land for seven years. So the woman arose, and did according to the word of the man of God. And she went with her household, and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. At the end of seven years, the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went out to appeal to the king for her house and for her field. Now the king was talking with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Please relate to me all the things that Elisha has done. As he was relating to the king how he had restored to life the one who was dead, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life appealed to the king for her house and for her field. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. When the king asked the woman, she related it to him. So the king appointed for her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers, and all the produce of the field, from the day that she left the land, even until now. Then Elisha came to Damascus. Now Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, was sick, and it was told him, saying, The man of God has come here. The king said to Hazael, Take a gift in your hand, and go to meet the man of God, and inquire of the Lord by him, saying, Will I recover from this sickness? So Hazael went to meet him, and took a gift in his hand, even every good thing of Damascus, forty camels' loads. And he came and stood before him and said, Your son, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, has sent me to you, saying, Will I recover from this sickness? Then Elisha said to him, Go, say to him, You will surely recover. But the Lord has shown me that he will certainly die. He fixed his gaze steadily on him until he was ashamed, and the man of God wept. Hazael said, Why does my Lord weep? Then he answered, Because I know the evil that you will do to the sons of Israel. Their strongholds you will set on fire, and their young men you will kill with the sword, and their little ones you will dash in pieces, and their women with child you will rip up. Then Hazael said, But what is your servant, who is but a dog, that he should do this great thing. 
Then Elisha answered, The Lord has shown me that you will be king over Aram. So he departed from Elisha and returned to his master, who said to him, What did Elisha say to you? And he answered, He told me that you would surely recover. On the following day, he took the cover and dipped it in water and spread it on his face so that he died. And Hazael became king in his place. Now in the fifth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, being the, then the king of Judah, Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, became king. He was thirty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, just as the house of Ahab had done. For the daughter of Ahab became his wife, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. However, the Lord was not willing to destroy Judah for the sake of David, his servant, since he had promised him to give a lamp to him through his sons always. In his days, Edom revolted from under the hand of Judah and made a king over themselves. Then Joram crossed over to Zaire and all his chariots with him. And he arose by night and struck the Edomites, who had surrounded him, and the captains of his chariots. But his army fled to their tents. So Edom revolted against Judah to this day. Then Libna revolted at the same time. The rest of the acts of Joram and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Joram slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David and Ahaziah, his son, became king in his place. In the twelfth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaziah was twenty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Athaliah, the granddaughter of Omri, king of Israel. He walked in the way of the house of Ahab and did evil in the sight of the Lord, like the house of Ahab had done, because he was a son-in-law of the house of Ahab. Then he went with Joram the son of Ahab to war against Hazael king of Aram at Ramoth-Gilead, and the Aramaeans wounded Joram. So king Joram returned to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds which the Aramans had inflicted on him at Ramah, when he fought against Hazael, king of Aram. Then Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to see Joram, the son of Ahab, in Jezreel, because he was sick. Now Elisha the prophet called one of the sons of the prophets, and said to him, Gird up your loins, and take this flask of oil in your hand, and go up to Ramoth-Gilead. When you arrive there, search out Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go in and bid him arise from among his brothers, and bring him to an inner room. Then take the flask of oil, and pour it on his head, and say, Thus says the Lord, I have anointed you 
king over Israel. Then open the door and flee and do not wait. So the young man, the servant of the prophet, went to Ramoth-Gilead. When he came, behold, the captains of the army were sitting. And he said, I have a word for you, O captain. And Jehu said, For which one of us? And he said, For you, O captain. He arose and went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head, and said to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of the Lord, even over Israel. You shall strike the house of Ahab, your master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab every male person, both bond and free, in Israel. I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Baasha, the son of Ahijah. The dogs shall eat Jezebel in the territory of Jezreel, and none shall bury her. Then he opened the door and fled. Now Jehu came out to the servants of his master, and one said to him, Is all well? Why did this mad fellow come to you? And he said to them, You know very well the man and his talk. They said, It is a lie. Tell us now. And he said, Thus and thus he said to me, Thus says the Lord, I have anointed you king over Israel. Then they hurried, and each man took his garment and placed it under him on the bare steps, and blew the trumpet, saying, Jehu is king. So Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Now Joram, with all Israel, was defending Ramoth-Gilead against Hazael, king of Aram. But King Joram had returned to Jezreel to be healed of the wounds which the Aramaeans had inflicted on him when he fought with Hazael, king of Aram. So Jehu said, If this is your mind, let no one escape or leave the city to go tell it in Jezreel. Then Jehu rode in a chariot and went to Jezreel, for Joram was lying there. Ahaziah king of Judah had come down to see Joram. Now the watchman was standing on the tower in Jezreel, and he saw the company of Jehu as he came, and said, I see a company. And Joram said, Take a horseman and send him to meet them, and let him say, Is it peace? So a horseman went to meet him and said, Thus says the king, Is it peace? And Jehu said, What have you to do with peace? Turn behind me. And the watchman reported, The messenger came to them, but he did not return. Then he sent out a second horseman, which came to them and said, Thus says the king, Is this peace? And Jehu answered, What have you to do with peace? Turn behind me. The watchman reported, he came even to them, and he did not return. And the driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshi, for he drives furiously. Then Joram said, Get ready. 
and they made his chariot ready. Joram king of Israel and Ahaziah king of Judah went out, each in his chariot, and they went out to meet Jehu and found him in the property of Naboth the Jezreelite. When Joram saw Jehu, he said, Is it peace, Jehu? And he answered, What peace? So long as the harlotries of your mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many? So Joram reigned about and fled and said to Ahaziah, There is treachery, O Ahaziah. And Jehu drew his bow with his full strength and shot Joram between his arms. And the arrow went through his heart, and he sank in his chariot. Then Jehu said to Bidkar, his officer, Take him up and cast him into the property of the field of Naboth, the Jezreelite. For I remember when you and I were riding together after Ahab, his father, that the Lord laid this oracle against him. Surely I have seen yesterday the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, says the Lord, and I will repay you in this property, says the Lord. Now then, take and cast him into the property, according to the word of the Lord. When Ahaziah the king of Judah saw this, he fled by the way of the garden house. And Jehu pursued him, and said, Shoot him too in the chariot. So they shot him at the ascent of Gur, which is at Iblium. And he fled to Megiddo, and died there. Then his servants carried him in a chariot to Jerusalem, and buried him in his grave with his fathers in the city of David. Now in the eleventh year of Joram, the son of Ahab, Ahaziah became king over Judah. When Jehu came to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her eyes and adorned her head and looked out the window. As Jehu entered the gate, she said, Is it well, Zimri, your master's murderer? Then he lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? And two or three officials looked down at him. He said, Throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses, and he trampled her underfoot. When he came in, he ate and drank, and he said, See now to this cursed woman and bury her, for she is a king's daughter. They went to bury her, but they found nothing more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. Therefore they returned and told him, and he said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spoke by his servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, In the property of Jezreel, the dogs shall eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the corpse of Jezebel will be as dung on the face of the field in the property of Jezreel. So they cannot say, This is Jezebel. Now Ahab had seventy sons in Samaria, and Jehu wrote letters and sent them to Samaria, to the rulers of Jezreel, the elders, and to the guardians of the children of Ahab, saying, Now, when this letter comes to you, since your master's sons are with you, as well as the chariots and horses and a fortified city and the weapons, 
Select the best and fittest of your master's sons, and set him on his father's throne, and fight for your master's house. But they feared greatly, and said, Behold, the two kings did not stand before him. How then can we stand? And the one who was over the household, and he who was over the city, the elders, and the guardians of the children, sent word to Jehu, saying, We are your servants. All that you say to us we will do. We will not make any man king. Do what is good in your sight. Then he wrote a letter to them a second time, saying, If you are on my side, and you will listen to my voice, take the heads of the men, your master's sons, and come to me at Jezreel tomorrow about this time. Now the king's sons, seventy persons, were with the great men of the city, who were rearing them. When the letter came to them, they took the king's sons and slaughtered them, seventy persons, and put their heads in baskets, and sent them to him at Jezreel. When the messenger came and told him, saying, they have brought the heads of the king's sons, he said, Put them in two heaps at the entrance of the gate until morning. Now in the morning he went out and stood and said to all the people, You are innocent. Behold, I conspired against my master and killed him. But who killed all of these? Know then that there shall fall to the earth nothing of the word of the Lord which the Lord spoke concerning the house of Ahab. For the Lord has done what he spoke through his servant Elijah. So Jehu killed all who remained of the house of Ahab in Jezreel, and all his great men and his acquaintances and his priests, until he left him without a survivor. Then he arose and departed and went to Samaria. On the way, while he was at Bethaked of the shepherds, Jehu met the relatives of Ahaziah, king of Judah, and said, Who are you? And they answered, We are the relatives of Ahaziah, and we have come down to greet the sons of the king and the sons of the queen mother. He said, Take them alive. So they took them alive and killed them at the pit of Bethaked. 42 men, and left none of them. Now when he had departed from there, he met Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet them. And he greeted him and said to him, Is your heart right as my heart is with your heart? And Jehonadab answered, It is. Jehu said, If it is, give me your hand. And he gave him his hand and he took him up to him into the chariot. He said, Come with me, and see my zeal for the Lord. So he made him ride in his chariot. When he came to Samaria, he killed all who remained to Ahab in Samaria, until he had destroyed him, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke to Elijah. Then Jehu gathered all the people and said to them, Ahab served Baal a little. Jehu will serve him much. 
Now summon all the prophets of Baal, all his worshippers and all his priests. Let no one be missing, for I have a great sacrifice for Baal. Whoever is missing shall not live. But Jehu did it in cunning, so that he might destroy the worshippers of Baal. And Jehu said, Sanctify a solemn assembly for Baal. And they proclaimed it. Then Jehu sent throughout Israel, and all the worshippers of Baal came, so that there was not a man left who did not come. And when they went into the house of Baal, the house of Baal was filled from one end to the other. He said to the one who was in charge of the wardrobe, Bring out garments for all the worshippers of Baal. So he brought out garments for them. Jehu went into the house of Baal with Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, and he said to the worshippers of Baal, Search and see that there is here with you none of the servants of the Lord, but only the worshippers of Baal. Then they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. Now Jehu had stationed for himself eighty men outside, and he had said, The one who permits any of the men whom I bring into your hands to escape shall give up his life in exchange. Then it came about, as soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering, that Jehu said to the guard and to the royal officers, Go in, kill them, let none come out. And they killed them with the edge of the sword. And the guard and the royal officers threw them out, and went to the inner room of the house of Baal. They brought out the sacred pillars of the house of Baal and burned them. They also broke down the sacred pillar of Baal and brought, broke down the house of Baal and made it a latrine to this day. Thus Jehu eradicated Baal out of Israel. However, as for the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, which he made Israel sin, from these Jehu did not depart, even the golden calves that were in Bethel and that were at Dan. The Lord said to Jehu, Because you have done well in executing what is right in my eyes, and have done to the house of Ahab according to all that was in my heart, your sons of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. But Jehu was not careful to walk in the law of the Lord, the God of Israel, with all his heart. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, which he made Israel sin. In those days, the Lord began to cut off portions from Israel, and Hazael defeated them throughout the territory of Israel. From the Jordan eastward, all the land of Gilead, the Gadites, and the Reubenites, and the Manassites from Aror, which is by the valley of the Arnon, even Gilead and Bashan. Now the acts of Jehu and all that he did and all his might, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Jehu slept with his fathers and buried him in Samaria. And Jehoahaz, his son, became king in his place. Now the time which Jehu reigned over Israel in Samaria was twenty-eight years.
When Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she rose and destroyed all the royal offspring. But Jehosheba, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons, who were being put to death, and placed him and his nurse in the bedroom. So they hid him from Athaliah, and he was not put to death. So he was hidden with her in the house of the Lord six years, when Athaliah was reigning over the land. Now in the seventh year Jehoiada sent and brought the captains of hundreds of the Karites and of the guard, and brought them to him in the house of the Lord. Then he made a covenant with them, and put them under oath in the house of the Lord, and showed them the king's son. He commanded them, saying, This is the thing that you shall do. One-third of you, who come in on the Sabbath and keep watch over the king's house, one-third also shall be at the gate sewer, and one-third at the gate behind the guards, shall keep watch over the house for defense. Two parts of you, even all who go out on the Sabbath, shall also keep watch over the house of the Lord for the king. Then you shall surround the king, each with his weapons in his hand, and whoever comes within the ranks shall be put to death. And be with the king when he goes out and when he comes in. So the captains of hundreds did according to all that Jehoiada the priest commanded. And each one of them took his men who were to come in on the Sabbath, with those who were to go out on the Sabbath, and came to Jehoiada the priest. The priest gave to the captains of hundreds the spears and shields that had been King David's, which were in the house of the Lord. The guards stood each with his weapons in his hand, from the right side of the house to the left side of the house, by the altar and by the house, around the king. Then he brought the king's son out, and put the crown on him, and gave him the testimony. And they made him king, and anointed him. And they clapped their hands, and said, Long live the king. When Athaliah heard the noise of the guard and of the people, she came to the people in the house of the Lord. She looked, and behold, the king was standing by the pillar, according to the custom, with the captains and the trumpeters beside the king. And all the people of the land rejoiced and blew trumpets. Then Athaliah tore her clothes and cried, Treason! Treason! And Jehoiada the priest commanded the captains of hundreds, who were appointed over the army, and said to them, Bring her out between the ranks, and whoever follows her, put to death with the sword. For the priest said, Let her not be put to death in the house of the Lord. So they seized her, and when she arrived at the horse's entrance of the king's house, she was put to death there. Then Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they would be the Lord's people, also between the king and the people. All the people of the land went to the house of Baal and tore it down, 
his altars, and his images they broke in pieces thoroughly, and killed Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars. And the priest appointed officers over the house of the Lord. He took the captains of hundreds, and the Karites, and the guards, and all the people of the land, and they brought the king down from the house of the Lord, and came by the way of the gate of the guards to the king's house. So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet. For they had put Athaliah to death with the sword at the king's house. Jehoash was seven years old when he became king. In the seventh year of Jehu, Jehoash became king, and he reigned forty years in Jerusalem and his mother's name was Zibiah of Beersheba. Jehoash did right in the sight of the Lord all his days in which Jehoiada the priest instructed him. Only the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. Then Jehoash said to the priests, All the money of the sacred things which is brought into the house of the Lord in current money, both the money of each man's assessment and all the money which any man's heart prompts him to bring into the house of the Lord, let the priests take it for themselves, each from his acquaintance, and they shall repair the damages of the house wherever any damage may be found. But it came about that in the twenty-third year of King Jehoash, the priests had not repaired the damages of the house. Then King Jehoash called for Jehoiada the priest, and for the other priests, and said to them, Why do you not repair the damages of the house? Now therefore, take no more money from your acquaintances, but pay it for the damages of the house. So the priests agreed that they would take no more money from the people, nor repair the damages of the house. But Jehoiada the priest took a chest and bored a hole in its lid and put it beside the altar, on the right side as one comes into the house of the Lord. And the priests who guarded the threshold put in it all the money which was brought into the house of the Lord. When they saw that there was much money in the chest, the king's scribe and the high priest came up and tied it in bags and counted the money which was found in the house of the Lord. They gave the money which was weighed out into the hands of those who did the work, who had the oversight of the house of the Lord. And they paid it out to the carpenters and the builders who worked on the house of the Lord, and to the masons and the stonecutters, and for buying timber and hewn stone to repair the damages to the house of the Lord and for all that was laid out for the house to repair it. But there were not made for the house of the Lord silver cups, snuffers, bowls, trumpets, any vessels of gold or vessels of silver from the money which was brought into the house of the Lord. For they gave that to those who did the work, and with it they repaired the house of the Lord. Moreover, they did not require an accounting from the men into whose hand they gave the money 
to pay to those who did the work, for they dealt faithfully. The money from the guilt offerings and the money from the sin offerings was not brought into the house of the Lord. It was for the priests. Then Hazael king of Aram went up and fought against Gath and captured it. And Hazael set his face to go up to Jerusalem. Jehoash king of Judah took all the sacred things that Jehoshaphat and Jehoram and Ahaziah, his fathers, kings of Judah, had dedicated, and his own sacred things and all the gold that was found among the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house. And he sent them to Hazael king of Aram. Then he went away from Jerusalem. Now the rest of the acts of Joash and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? His servants arose and made a conspiracy and struck down Joash at the house of Milo as he was going down to Silla. For Josachar, the son of Shimeath, and Jehozabad, the son of Shomer, his servants, struck him, and he died. And they buried him with his fathers in the city of David. And Amaziah, his son, became king in his place. Beginning in chapter 8, we see the continuation of Elisha's interactions with this same Shunammite woman, the same woman that he gave the unlimited oil as long as she had vessels, and the same one whose son that was raised from the dead. But we saw that the comparison last time was she acted faithfully and trusted the Lord for it to be done in comparison to the one that Elijah had to deal with and that she did not have faith. But either way, it was performed. And so he warned her, saying there was going to be a great famine in the land, so go somewhere and protect yourself. So he, she went, and then after the seven years, she came back. And they were t apparently talking about her, saying, yeah, Elisha knows this woman, and he even raised her son from the dead. Can you believe that? And they were just, you know, gossiping about her. And then as they were talking, it, it happens to be Gehazi that's still here. And it makes me wonder, because this must have happened before the other chapters of the book, because Gehazi is a leper now, remember? Remember he went to Naaman and acted greedily, and Elisha pronounced the leprosy on him. And we never see that it gets healed. So it's very unusual to see that a leper would be in the presence of the king. And I don't think that would have been the case. Because, as we've seen from the Law of Moses, lepers had to be kicked out of town. They had to be separated from the rest of the people because they were infectious. So, since he wasn't isolated, we can assume that this happened before the other events. So it's a little bit out of chronological order, but that, that's fine. But we see that the Shunammite woman was given seven years worth of food for all the time, as almost like a restitution, if you will, for the time that she had to leave the land, which was very interesting. 
And then you see this story about Ben-Hadad, the king of Aram, where he's giving 40 camel loads worth of stuff to Elisha to try to, I guess, convince him to heal him. That perhaps if I bribe him a bit, then that will help my chances of getting healed. And Elisha said, yeah, you will be healed from your sickness, but you're also going to die. And the person he told that to was Hazael. And Hazael was the one that killed Ben-Hadad, because it said that he took the cover and dipped it in water and spread it on his face. Now, what cover? This was like the thick bed quilt, the the thick uh, blanket that would go on top of the bed to keep warm at night. Um, obviously, we know those blankets are very heavy. We, we have those too, you know, in today's world. These things were very heavy whenever you get them wet. So that's what he did. He dipped it into water and spread it over him, and I guess he, it caused him to suffocate. And that caused him to kill the king, and then he did, as Elisha said, he became king himself. All right, now we come to, later in the chapter, we have Ahaziah becomes king over Judah. His mother's name was Athaliah, which we're going to see more about her later on, but both he and her are going to act wickedly because they are relatives of King Ahab, and I guess the evil just runs in the family. So he did very poorly as a king. So this is when God decided to change course for these people. And so what he, he had Elisha go to Ramoth-Gilead and find Jehu, who was the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi. Now, the reason why it says that particularly is because this is not the same Jehoshaphat who was the king of Judah. So that's why you see that, uh, where it says the son of whoever, constantly throughout the Bible, just to make sure that we understand who this is, that it's not the same person. So there's not some sort of relative of King Jehoshaphat here. This is a completely different person. And he anointed him as the new king of Israel. And you see how much zeal he had for the Lord. That he went and he started defeating all the enemies of God. He went over to Israel. He defeated King Joram, King Jehoram. Sometimes throughout the Bible, sometimes it does that where it says their name in two different ways. We saw that with Joash as well, or sometimes he's called Jehoash. And in this case, you see that with Joram and Jehoram. Really, I don't know why that is, honestly. But I'm sure there is a reason for it. I just don't know the reason. I'm not going to make something up for the sake of trying to sound intelligent. So he gets revenge for the Lord on the family of Ahab. So first he starts off with the corrupt king of Israel and the corrupt king of Judah, because remember, he's related to Ahab. And so they get wiped out, and of all places, on the property of Naboth. Remember, this is the same vineyard that Ahab was throwing a little fit because he wanted it, and Naboth wouldn't give it to him. So then Jezebel made this conspiracy to get him killed. And so how fitting it is that their vengeance is enacted on this land. So they were both destroyed 
And then Jezebel apparently has been alive this whole time. And so she's finally brought to justice by God's grace. And they're dealt with. And then he goes even further than that. He goes to, where is anybody who is part of Ahab's family? I'm going to wipe all of them out, according to the word of the Lord. And so he goes around, and apparently Ahab had 70 sons. And so he finds all of them, and he kills them all. And then he goes and wipes out everybody who belongs to Baal. He creates this idea in Israel that he is going to serve Baal even more than his predecessors did. But it was all a game. It was all a ploy to just get these people to come out, to identify themselves so that he can destroy them. And then he ended up destroying every single one of them. So he did a lot of good things for the kingdom of God, right? He tried to make a lot of things right. However, he was not perfect. Because we see at the end of chapter 10 that he did not destroy the idolatry of Jeroboam, right? He didn't destroy the golden calves. And he also did not walk in the law of the Lord himself. He did not obey the Lord with all his heart. Even though he did a lot of good things, he was not fully invested in the things of the Lord. But the Lord said that he was going to do something for him. He said that up to his fourth generation will be king over the land. And then we see Jehu leave the scene, and his son comes into the scene. And then we see Athaliah come into the picture again, and she becomes the first queen over all of the land. She does treacherously. She tries to destroy all the royal offspring so that she can be queen and wear the crown. She was able to destroy all of the successors except for one, and that was Joash. They hid him in the temple, and he was seven years old when he became king. He was so little, so very little, and yet the priests and the commanders were faithful to the bloodline and made sure he stayed safe, and they found a way to anoint him as king, and they destroyed Athaliah from the throne and put him in the throne as was fitting. And Joash was a good king. He did a lot of good things. He destroyed all of the Baal worship there and encouraged the priests to repair the temple of the Lord, in which they did. We don't know how long it took, but it did, it did say that they put all their money together and were able to make the repairs. And then after the temple was repaired, any leftover money was used to purchase all the um, furnishings of the temple. You know, like the cups and the utensils and stuff like that. So, And then what's really sad is that they end his reign with a conspiracy and a murder. He was a good king, but he was murdered at the end of his reign. And that's the end of Joash. So we see that this quarrel for the throne of the southern kingdom of Judah and the northern kingdom of Israel is nonstop. But we're not done yet. There are still more kings to talk about. And that's what we're going to be doing in the days to come.
Not only that, but once we go into the Chronicles, we will start seeing some repeated stories. So it's not repetitious for the sake of being repetitious, but you will see that it will be more detailed in some ways, and also from a different vantage point. Because, as we talked about before, the kings are written by men, as men's account of what the kings did. But the Chronicles are more of God's account of what the kings did. So when we begin First Chronicles here in a couple of days, it's going to go back to David. And we're going to see things about David we may not have seen before, as well as all the other kings after him. So just so you know what you're getting into. But that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care and God bless you.